Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of May 5. In the news, the foreign ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan hold four-day talks in Washington. Turkey closes its airspace to Armenia's national carrier in response to the unveiling of a statue for Nemesis. And while in Prague, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan says mechanisms for safeguarding rights and security of Armenians of Artsakh are still uncertain. This week, between May 1 and 4, the foreign ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan, Arat Mirzoyan and Jehun Bayramov, held talks in the United States. In Washington, they met with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and President Biden's National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. Armenia's foreign ministry said Mirzoyan and Bayramov shared their views on the current situation and stated their positions on existing issues related to normalization of relations. The ministers and their teams advanced mutual understanding on some articles of the draft, bilateral agreement on peace and establishment of interstate relations, meanwhile acknowledging that the positions on some key issues remain divergent. Both ministers expressed their appreciation to the U.S. for hosting negotiations between the two countries. The parties agreed to continue discussions. Secretary Blinken issued a statement describing the bilateral and trilateral talks as intensive and constructive. He said the parties made significant progress in addressing difficult issues. Both demonstrated a sincere commitment to normal normalizing relations and ending the long-standing conflict between the two countries. Blinken added that both countries, uh, quote, agreed in principle to certain terms and have a better understanding of one another's positions on outstanding issues. I have proposed the ministers to return to their capitals to share with their governments the perspective that with additional goodwill, flexibility and compromise, an agreement is within reach. They will continue to have the full support and engagement of the U.S. in their effort to secure a durable and sustainable peace. Lincoln said. Earlier, White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said the U.S. welcomes the progress Armenia and Azerbaijan have made in talks and encouraged continued dialogue. A sustainable and just agreement will be key to unlocking opportunities for both countries and the region, he stated. Blinken also had one-on-one meetings with Mirzoyan and Bayramov. Before the ministers met, Blinken spoke on the phone with Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan and Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev. To Pashinyan, he reiterated his support for continued efforts to secure peace with Azerbaijan and the U.S.'s willingness to facilitate the process. Direct dialogue and diplomacy are the only path to durable peace in the South Caucasus, he stated, and he reiterated to Aliyev America's position that there should be open movement of people and commerce on the Laching Corridor. During the talks, a State Department spokesperson told Azadutun that the U.S. has asked Baku and Yerevan to consider how best to protect the rights and security of the people in Nagorno-Karabakh. The spokesperson said, ultimately ensuring that this population can feel secure in their homes and have their rights protected is the only way to get guarantee a lasting settlement to a conflict that has lasted too long and cost too many lives. Russia's presidential spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said Russia believes that an Armenian-Azerbaijani settlement can be reached only by implementing the 2020 ceasefire agreement brokered by Moscow. There is no alternative to these agreements, Peskov said. On April 29, the aviation authorities of Turkey canceled the permission previously granted to Fly One Armenia. This is Armenia's national carrier to operate flights to third destination 
Airlines through the Turkish airspace. Aram Ananyan, chairman of the board of directors of Fly One Armenia, said Turkish aviation authorities implemented the cancellation without prior notification, putting our airline and the passengers in an uncomfortable situation. On May 3, Turkish Foreign Minister Mevlet Çavuşoğlu said that the move was in response to the unveiling of a controversial monument, according to them in Yerevan, commemorating those involved in an assassination plot against Ottoman Turkish officials. That whole operation is known as Nemesis. Çavuşoğlu said Turkey would take further steps if the monument is not removed. The monument honoring the memory of the participants of Operation Nemesis to assassinate both Ottoman perpetrators of the Armenian genocide and officials of the Azerbaijani Democratic Republic responsible for the massacre of Armenians during the September days of 1918 in Baku was unveiled in Yerevan on April 25 by the decision of the Yerevan municipality. Armenian National Assembly Speaker Alen Simonian, who is in Turkey to participate in the Black Sea Economic Forum, addressed the issue during a press conference conference in Ankara today saying that the decision to erect the monument was that of the municipal authorities in Yerevan and he does not wish for this decision, which was a municipal decision, to be perceived as a reflection on Armenia's foreign policy. The U.S. said it was disappointed by Turkey's announcement that it would suspend Armenian airline overflight permissions. An agreement that had previously been reached between these two countries to resume air connections had been a very important confidence-building measure, not just between two countries but again for regional stability broadly, said the statement, and it's our sincere hope that Turkey and Armenia can continue to rebuild economic ties and open transportation links. And moving on to other news, on April 30th, an Azerbaijani public TV channel released a video of the passport control booth on the Hakari Bridge on the Lachin Corridor in operation with some Armenians reportedly using it. Artsakh's human rights ambassador Keram Stepanian said that Azerbaijan is using, quote, people suffering for a cheap show. Ardak Beklarian, an advisor to the state minister, added that the people seen in the video are from the villages near the checkpoint under, which is now under double blockade, right? These are the villages of Medshen, Hinshen, Lisagor, and Yechtsahor. They were traveling with the support of Russian peacekeepers with guarantees of not being, you know, accosted, bothered, or any of those things. But as we saw in the video, this was not the case. Well, we've seen the scenario with the children going to Artsakh sure. back in, this is months ago already mm-hmm. on several occasions. Well, Artsakh State Minister Gugen Nersisian issued a statement elaborating the situation. He said a group of Artsakh residents appealed to the Russian peacekeepers who allowed them to pass through the checkpoint near the Hakari Bridge in private cars without inspection, assuming them in assuring them in advance that there would be no overseeing intervention by the Azerbaijanis. Our citizens crossed the road unilaterally and without interruption with the assistance of the peacekeepers, but due to the establishment of the checkpoint, they were met with Azerbaijanis at that checkpoint on the way back to their places of residence with their compatriots who were left in Goris. The Azerbaijanis, putting our citizens in a desperate situation, forced them to fulfill their demands and videoed the process in order to show what they called the next staging. The state minister added that the people of Artsakh are waiting for the restoration of the Lachin Corridor regime as defined by the November 2020 uh, tripartite statement that says the Lachin Corridor is exclusively under the control of the Russian peacekeeping forces. Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, together with his wife Anna Hagopian, are in the Czech Republic on a two-day visit. Pashinyan met with Czech Prime Minister Pedro Fiala and discussed a wide range of issues related to 
development and expansion of Armenian-Czech relations, including partnership in the political, economic, and humanitarian spheres. They signed a joint declaration with the intention of elevating bilateral relations to a new level, as well as enhancing cooperation in a number of different multilateral dimensions. Pashinyan also met with the President of the Czech Republic and the President of the Chamber of Deputies of the Czech Parliament. Pashinyan also visited the Prague Center for Transatlantic Relations, where he gave a speech. During that speech, he said that mechanisms for safeguarding the rights and security of the Armenians of Nagorno-Karabakh and the Stepanakert-Baku dialogue format are still uncertain. It has so far been impossible to agree upon mechanisms for overcoming differences in the reading of the peace agreement text. And finally, there is no agreement on international mechanisms for implementing the peace agreement, he said. And next week, as far as we know, Pashinyan will be in Moscow. No details have been made public. Armenia's vote in a recent vote on UN General Assembly resolution, which happened the previous week on April 26, was widely discussed this week. Armenia voted in favor of the resolution on cooperation between the UN and the Council of Europe, along with with the majority, including China and Kazakhstan. One paragraph, however, recognizes that the Russian aggression against Ukraine and against Georgia prior to that have created unprecedented challenges. However, there was a separate vote on this controversial paragraph where Armenia abstained, but since the paragraph passed, the resolution was voted on as a whole. Right, and so everybody was saying that Armenia had finally taken a position against Russia, and this was being spun on social media platforms, but I don't think anybody really bothered to look at the context, because Armenia usually tends to abstain Abstain. from votes Mm -hmm. in similar context Mm -hmm. with uh, Ukraine. This time Armenia voted for, but it was in a package. Right, right. Well, Armenia's foreign ministry emphasized that Armenia did not support the controversial paragraph of the resolution, but voted in favor of the resolution itself. Sarkis Khandanyan, a member of parliament from the ruling party, said that Armenia could not have voted otherwise on the general resolution on strengthening cooperation between the UN and the Council of Europe that talks about such key things as promotion of the rule of law and democracy, freedom of speech and thought, and the fight against terrorism. In other news, the General Prosecutor's Office submitted a lawsuit to the Administrative Court regarding the privatization of the land where one of Yerevan's most iconic buildings, the Youth Palace, also known as Kukuruznik, once stood. A plot of land with a total area of almost 32,000 square meters, which was leased to a state company and was valued at 805 million Armenian dirhams by the land registry, this is the cadaster, and had an approximate market value of over 4.4 billion Armenian dirhams, was sold for just 63 million in January 2004 to Avantgarde Motors, LLC. Prosecutor said Yerevan Zakharyan, Yerevan's mayor at the time, violated several laws in this transaction. Earlier, Armenia's anti-corruption committee had initiated criminal proceedings under abuse of official authority, official forgery and falsifying, selling or using official documents. So not a very busy week for once. Everything was mostly centered on the talks taking place in Washington, and it seems that no fruitful thing came out of that, but I think most people weren't expecting much to come (laughs) of those talks. So we'll be back again next week. Have a safe and peaceful weekend. Thank you for listening.